Please do turn with me tonight to the book of Ezekiel that we read earlier, chapter 36. And our text is found in verse 26, a very well-known text found here in the book of Ezekiel, which some find hard, but really it is the voice of God speaking to people in all generations about their needs spiritually. And this verse particularly is so succinct in explaining our great need for a new heart. So our subject tonight is a new heart given. This is our text. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. How does God's word explain what we might call the process of conversion? That's a very mechanical word to use. In one way, becoming a Christian isn't a process. It's not a sausage machine. It's not something that you wind the handle. But we can see that there very clearly are steps. There is a time when I don't know anything about my soul. I don't feel any need. I'm far from God and I'm indifferent because I don't much care for the fact that I don't know God because I know so little about life. I'm just animal. I think with my feelings. I think with all the urges that animals have. Animals Dogs especially. Food. Food. We think with our eyes. And that's, I'm sad to say, that's the natural condition of men and women and children. That's what we're like. That's what the Bible says. We are just animals in a way. Until we come to see what the Bible uses generally three words to describe. It describes the inner life. You have an inner life. You're not just animal. The words the Bible uses is heart and spirit and soul. And it uses them pretty much interchangeably. But really it's speaking about the inner part of your life. The part that isn't animal the part that is spiritual, the part of your life where you make choices, where you make moral choices, where you choose what's right and what's wrong for you, and what's right and what's wrong has been programmed into your heart, into your conscience. It's the part of you that makes choices. Do I do this, do that? Go here, go there. Have this boy, this girl, this man, this woman as my friend. Do I tell that lie? Do I steal? Am I proud and jealous? That's what happens within the heart. It's where I love and where I hate. It's where I harbor bitterness if there is bitterness within me. It's where envy and jealousy sits and hatred. 
That's the inner life, the heart, the soul, the spirit, you know. So many people know very little about this. They think as animals. It sounds offensive. That's what God's word describes us as, brute beasts, just like the animals of the field, without God and without knowing him, and without having the new heart that we're going to think about tonight. People rely on so many things, don't they? They think, well, I've had a Christian family. My mother, my father, my grandparents. That must mean something to God. I had the right upbringing. I have a Christian country. I don't think you can say that much anymore. There was a time when 90% of people would attend a place of worship on a Sunday. Most people knew the Ten Commandments. Most people had a fear of God. But today, 98% of people almost don't go to a place of worship where God's name is lifted up. So we can call ourselves a non-Christian or a post-Christian country because that's where we are. And yet, in the census, people tick the box. Christian, what does that mean? Is that really true of your life? Well, unless you know verse 26 and you can say, this has happened to me, then you have no right, no authority, no confidence to tick that box. When you enter... The census, every ten years, Christian. No, we need to come before God and we need to look at what he says. So I want to think tonight about your heart. And I'm going to use that word tonight. Normally we use the word soul, but the word I want to use tonight is heart because that's the word expressed in this verse. And it's really a graphic picture, a visual aid. A new heart will I give you. Three headings briefly tonight. Our faulty heart, God's heart, and the heart surgery that God gives to all who ask. Let's think a little about the faulty heart. This is what God says. He says we need a new heart. Your heart is bust, broken. Your heart isn't functioning as it should do. Book of Proverbs says, Keep your heart with all carefulness and diligence, for out of the heart are the issues, the choices of life. Well, in the physical realm, I dare say tonight there's people here who do have a heart condition. Maybe your heart is too slow, you get very tired, or maybe it's too fast, and you also get very tired. Or you have that thing called arrhythmia, where it seems to bounce up and down, fast, slow, fast, slow, and some people, I don't know, I'm not thinking of anybody, somebody might have a pacemaker fitted, 
to regulate the heart. A help, a great help. But the word of God is telling us that we have a faulty heart. Most heart conditions, I think, they develop over time. Maybe because we eat the wrong things, don't do the right kind of exercise, or maybe there's some piece of DNA that we were born with where we're suspect to these things. But for some people, that's the picture tonight, we're born with a faulty heart. And you know that's what we all have. Everybody here, there's not one exception. We have a faulty heart. It doesn't work the way it should do. The Bible describes it here in this verse as a stony heart. A heart supposed to be flexible, pumping blood round the whole body of vital. You cannot live without a properly functioning heart. And so when we think of this in the spiritual sense, you have no life unless you have the heart that God will put within you instead of your heart of stone. What does it mean to have a heart of stone? Is there a pill to fix it? Can you go on a diet? Maybe do park run every week? Oh, I'm sorry to say, your physical heart might be helped by those things, but not your spiritual heart. There's no pill. There's no amount of exercise or diet, because this is what my heart was like before I came and asked the Lord for a new heart. It was hard, arrogant, proud. I thought myself better than others and often spoke down at other people, expressed my opinions far too easily, thought of others as inferior. Oh, that person, that person. Look at them. They don't dress properly. They don't go to the right places. Do you know that's what people think? And they have these attitudes. Just look at prisons tonight. As a trite example, the prison here in Bedford has a number of wings. And in that prison, certain offences are put. The people who've been prosecuted and are serving the sentences on one wing, there is a certain type of offence. And those that have done other crimes look down on the people on that wing. Puh! the worst of crimes. That's the righteousness, the self-righteousness, the arrogance of the human heart that looks at other people's sins instead of our own sins. When you have a stony heart, you don't feel your own sin. Well, something else about this stony heart, it's unclean. That's God's verdict, unclean. And it's driven by these desires and lusts. We know so many of them. People go to nightclubs. Don't want to speak badly of others. But what happens in a place like that is all the animal instincts 
come to the fore when the drink or the drugs take over those base desires are lifted up you see people in their worst you see it in crowds you look when there's a crowd of people together and you see the urges driving the crowd that's what we're like that's all of us that's not me versus you or you versus me we have a stony heart look at verse 17 let's just look at God's word this isn't me making it up this isn't, isn't just based upon my experience this is what God says Ezekiel is spoken to directly by the Lord verse 16 and verse 17 he's told to go to the children of Israel and they are to be told you have defiled your own way your life the life you've lived it's dirty it's defiled by their doings and their own way and that was before me God says I looked I saw I knew what you were doing I knew what you were thinking I knew what you were saying and it was like uncleanness the picture of uncleanness in verse 17 you can read it there God sees go and tell the children of Israel they've made their choices they've gone their own way they've dwelt in their own land you see their own 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 mentioned several times in the verse and God says you're unclean unclean well that's enough verse 18 he then looks at them and he says Ezekiel go and tell them you've got blood on the carpet blood on the ground you've killed people you've gone and done terrible things and worse of all you've put idols in your life instead of me here was me the holy God of Israel that had holy laws and the people round about the heathen nations as they called them then they looked at Israel and they said that's a holy nation God is their God they worship the one true God and look at them they have power they defeat their enemies because God is with them but their power is seeping away <coughs> idols have been filling the country blood is on the ground verse 19 and the people are watching on look at the Israelites they've been scattered and they're losing their power verse 20 the nations are laughing at them the holy God of Israel and look what these people are doing God was written over the name of the nation Israel's God the God of Israel and the people watched and said look at them they're not a holy people look at how my people have gone forth out of my land says the Lord that's the description Did you know that's not about ancient Israel this is a description of us as a nation 
It's a description of us here tonight, all of us, before we come to God for mercy, for grace, for forgiveness. This is God's verdict. Unclean, polluted, a worshipper of idols, and you've done that to my name. And God looks on, and he sees it, and he knows it. What does he do? Secondly, what does he do? We've thought about our heart. What about God's heart? Verse 21, but I had pity. Well, you might read this superficially and think it's pity for us, and that's true. God does have pity for his people. He has pity for all people. But this is pity for himself. Because God is holy. And the people have damaged his reputation. The people have put his name in the mud. The people have trampled all over the God of Israel. God has pity for himself. My name has been trashed. People have taken my name. And they've lifted up themselves. And they've done despicable things. This is quite strong, isn't it? I'm not mincing my words. It's not my words, it's God's word. I had pity for my holy name, verse 21, which the house of Israel had profaned. Do you know God won't allow that? The holy God of Israel is the God of heaven. And he's a jealous God. No one, but no one, will stand in the place of God. For God will be lifted up. God will be honoured. God's name will be supreme and glorious. And he will not allow it. Never think you can get away with sin. Never think you can live a life as you please, and God will be indifferent. God's heart. God didn't just feel sorry for himself, if we can use very human language. He did something about it. He sends his word to Ezekiel, and he sends his word to us, and he says, Ezekiel, go warn them, talk to them, tell them what they've done, Tell them their sin. That's what I'm trying to do tonight. To tell us all our sin. To show us that what we've done is we've brought God down. We've lifted ourselves up. And we've said, I will have glory for my name. And I won't have God to rule over me. That's what they did and that's what we do. Verse 22, he says, Go to the house of Israel, say to them, I do not this for your sakes, I do it for my own holy name's sake. God is jealous. The holy God cannot allow anybody who is unholy into heaven, and he cannot allow his name to be trashed amongst the heathen where his own people 
had gone, God's heart. Look at what he says. I tried to emphasize it in the reading. I will, verse 23, sanctify my name. Verse 24, I will take you one by one out of these nations, call you to myself. I will bring you into your own land where you belong, in my church, before my holy name. Verse 25, I will sprinkle you. That's what we need. Before God, we're unclean. Before God, we've worshipped idols, celebrities, substitutes for God. And we brought God down in our worship, in our churches, in our nation. And this is what God says. He pities his own name. Verse 25, what a glorious verse. I will sprinkle like showers clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. Is there anyone here tonight? You feel dirty, unclean, polluted. You know you've profaned the name of God in blasphemous terms with your life, with your lips, with your heart. And God calls out and says, I'll make you clean. I'll wash you. Ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and all your idols. I will cleanse you. You notice the will, will, will. There's no doubt. God always does what he says. Well, my third point tonight, our faulty heart, God's heart, surgery. Surgery? Heart surgery. Do you know, up until 1896, it was thought that heart surgery was an almost impossibility. It was viewed, a bit like the brain is today, as almost impossible to operate upon the heart. And then one day in Germany, in the 1920s, there was a young woman who'd been stabbed. And a doctor decided to operate to suture the heart. And the woman recovered fully. It was the first so-called heart operation. 1925, Middlesex University, there was another operation on a valve of the heart. And the person survived. The modern heart transplant operation, I'm talking in physical terms, was almost an accident. One day there was a trainee doctor in Boston in the United States. His name was Robert Gross. And his boss, the chief surgeon, was away on holiday. And a patient came in and it looked dire. So he decided to operate and to replace and transfer a heart. And it worked. And it was extraordinary. The person recovered. Yes, they've learned and learned and learned in the nearly a hundred years since. Heart surgery. Who could believe 
a whole heart replaced. Extraordinary. What about your soul? Your heart, as the Bible calls it, spiritually. It's a bit radical, isn't it? Heart surgery? Surely, doctor, surely, give me a pill. Give me a help. Give me some therapy. Give me some talking therapy. Give me, give me something. It's not what the verse 26 says. A new heart. We need a heart transplant. Nothing else will do. Radical surgery. My heart is diseased. My heart has no potential for spiritual life. Oh, but the good news is the Lord says, I will give it to you. Do you know there's no waiting list? We have people waiting for hip surgery. They've been waiting for three years. Heart surgery, I'm sure you have to wait for the right match. And the Lord does say to us, I will give it to you freely. A new heart, freely. Radical surgery. But you say, can't I do it myself? Heart surgery? Don't be ridiculous. DIY heart surgery. You can take a pimple off your head. You might at home in the kitchen very inadvisedly take a wart off. Heart surgery? But you know so many people, they think they can turn over a new leaf. They think they can just try a bit harder. They can try to please God. They can, they can do charity work. They can do something. A new heart also will I give you. That's what the Lord says. That's what you need tonight. A new heart, old one removed, diseased, out. God must do it. Isn't it risky? Well, normally heart surgery is. They've got good at it now. What about my soul? If I'm to have a new heart, is that risky? No. Do you know the one that does the heart surgery? He's never failed. He's taken the most diseased heart full of corruption and filthiness and uncleanness and he's taken it out and there's not a scrap of disease left behind. That heart is clean and it beats. It beats for God with a perfect rhythm. It has the potential to never be diseased again. Sadly, not every Christian is perfect. We do sin. Sometimes we do beat in a different way. Well, it's not risky. But there's another promise here, verse 27. He gives us something else, a new heart. And then the Holy Spirit is put within me. God comes and takes up residency through the Holy Spirit. And this Spirit of God... It gives me new tastes, new desires. It beats for God. It makes me hate sin. It makes me love the truth, love God's people, 
love heaven, love his ways. I have a desire for Christ like never before. I have a love for him because he died for me. And he offered to give me this new heart. And now this heart beats for what is good. And it hates what is bad. Look at verse 28. Perhaps we close here. Look what blessings follow once I have this radical heart surgery. And my stony heart is taken out. And the spirits put within me, verse 27, now my only desire is to please God, to walk in his ways, to keep his judgments and do them. And verse 28, from now on, we dwell in the land. What does that mean? We want to be with God's people. In his house, in his church, we want to join a church. We want to be in covenant relationship with his people in his land. The land that I gave to your fathers, the promised land. And ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. And it goes on to say, and he'll bless your harvest. And the rains will come at the right time. And you won't have famine and be hungry, because I will feed you. And I will give you all that you need. And verse 30, I will multiply the fruit of your life upon the tree of your life and the trees will increase and the people around finish with this will now look at your life as a Christian and they won't reproach you anymore they will be jealous because you have the God of heaven and your life has fruit and your lips have love and your heart is for God and for his truth. And people will look on and say, that Christian has got something that I don't have. The complete reversal. Oh, friends tonight, have you had that heart surgery performed within you? You can't do it yourself. You wouldn't even dream of doing it. In the physical realm, don't try in the spiritual realm. You need God to give you a new heart. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit, new desires will I put within you. Let's sing our closing.